Okay, we can switch over to uh, the other program if you would like. Uh, this is the portion where we, uh, where we can, if you would so desire, if you have a, a mobile device, anything that connects to Wi-Fi, uh, please, uh, please do, or you don't even have to do Wi-Fi, just you can go through your browser, go to minty.com, M-E-N-T-I.com if you would like. So while she's getting that set up, today we are doing number two in our Believe series, our Believer series. Um, you know, Amanda has chosen I Believe, or I mean, sorry, We Believe, as our as our theme song for this month, um, I wanted you know I wanted to do uh, Imagine Dragons you know Believer but but she's you know whatever it's church I don't know. All right, so go to minty.com M-E-N-T-I and then when you get there you can put in the code nine five five four three three. What do you call an insect when it kills itself? Oh hey look, there was Matt. Matt was that you? Was that you? Yeah, there's Matt. Oh, everybody's joining on the Matt wagon. I say that because Matt's a biology professor over at Winona. (laughs) I just gave it away, didn't I? Hairy scary? Yeah, that's that's where the that's you know yeah the hairy scary. That's Japanese beetles. That's what they do when they kill themselves. So this is just to get us all all on here, right? Okay, so that you can so you can see how this works. We'll be going through here now. If you don't have a device and you don't, the the show the correct answer. Um, the correct answer is, let's see. Well, uh, Bethany, if you can click click show the correct answer there, we'll just da da autothesis. Yeah. Autothesis? Okay. Super cool. I don't know why an animal, why a bug would want to kill itself, but it does. Welcome to worship today. Number two on our Believer series today, Take Courage. Last week we, we talked about something that I don't remember. This week we're talking about Take Courage. Number two, Haggai 2, 1 through 9. Take Courage. Okay? So that's, that's where we are today. So, apartheid, many of you will remember, some of you maybe are too young to remember, but in, in the country of South Africa from about 1948 to 1941, there was a system of segregation and basically oppression in place called apartheid. Apartheid was a system where the white minority um, ruled over the black majority, South Africa, um, and in not a very nice manner, 1948 to 1991. Now, during this time, there was, there was going to be an opposition rally in something like a stadium or, or something. Um, the opposition to the, the oppressive regime was going to hold a, a, you know, a convention, a rally. And so the government said, well, you don't get a permit. You can't do it. You'll all be arrested if you do. So Bishop Desmond Tutu decided, and you'll recognize him if you've uh, been around world news for a while. Uh, Desmond Tutu, he said, well, we'll just have a church service. So take that. We'll just have a church service. So if you want to picture it in a cathedral there in, in Johannesburg, I think Desmond Tutu, Bishop, they, they, hundreds of worshipers are gathered inside the cathedral. 
Hundreds of police officers are gathered outside. And so Desmond Tutu is preaching, and he doesn't blink a bit. He decides that he's going to preach about the evils of apartheid. Now, the police, in a show of force, trying to intimidate all of the opposition people, decide to file in while this service is going on, and they lined the outer walls of the church building. And some of them had pen and paper, and they were taking notes of everything that preacher Tutu was saying at the time. He didn't, he didn't miss a wink, right? And he said this while he was preaching. He talked about the evils of it. And he said, you are, he was addressing the police officers on the wall. You are powerful. You are very powerful. But you are not God's. And I serve a God who cannot be mocked. So since you've already lost, since you've already lost, I invite you today to come and join the winning side. And with that, the whole crowd, the congregation, burst into dancing and song. You know, and, and Africans, man, they, they got the moves, right? Africans, they, they love to sing. They're, they're not like, you know, Northern Europeans who are very reserved. Africans are very, you know, and so they were going for it. And it was just confusing to the, to the police crowd that was, that was gathered. Because we believe in a good and loving God, we can take courage in all situations. That's the main point. Because we believe in a God who is good and loving, we can take courage in all situations. Today we believe and we can take courage. Okay? So those of you with your little devices, how would you describe courage? Though while they're typing, those of you who don't have one but would like to say out anyway, how do you describe courage? Doing the right thing when you're afraid you do it anyway. Okay, when you're afraid you do it anyway. The right thing. Perfect. Thanks, Al. Someone else? Brave. Okay, standing for and with God and knowing God's with you and wonderful. Thank you. Grace under pressure, bravery, stick up for what's right. Gryffindor. <laughs> Harry Potter fans. What else? Bravery. Faith. Okay. <laughs> How do you describe courage? Sticking up for what's right. I'm seeing a lot of brave here. Living your faith. Trust, strong, standing for what's right. Wonderful. Well, I'd like to tell you a few, and you can go ahead and keep doing those if you want. I'd like to tell you a little bit about, well, actually, I've got to move on. So facing fear. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you, guys. Afraid but still going. Let me, talk, let me read to you Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. 
This is the new international version because I liked, I liked one word that the translation of this one used. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of jo- Josedak. Lene, aren't you glad you didn't read this one? Son of Josedak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people and ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory, the temple? Who of you who is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. And here's, here's the word I loved. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord God Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Haggai 2. So in the text today, Haggai hears the word of the Lord and The word of the Lord, Haggai, I want you to go to the people of Israel and I want you to commission them to rebuild the temple. Rebuild the temple. You remember the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed after the roughly 20 years war with the Babylonians um, that started in 601 BC. So after 20 years of brutal war, the temple was destroyed and then they were exiled for another 80 years or so and they're back. And God sends word through Haggai. He says, do you remember how glorious this place used to be? Do you remember how glorious this house once was? Be strong, you king. Be strong, you high priest. Be strong, you people, for I am with you. I made my pledge to you and work and rebuild this temple. You are my people. I am your God. It may seem impossible, but you should do it anyway. Because we believe in a loving, present God who has sworn himself to us, covenanted himself with us, who is near to us because of Jesus Christ's crucifixion, resurrection, and the coming of the Holy Spirit. We know God is for us and with us, and if God is for us and with us, then who could stand against us? In all situations, right? That's the background of Haggai. Well, now, Aaron, how does this have anything to do about being courageous? Okay, well, we, we, I asked you guys, what do you think is courage? And a few of you had some really good things, and I agree with all of them. What is courage, and specifically, what is courage because of God? What, how are we to believe in God, and that gives us courage? Courage is not fearlessness, right? 
Courage isn't fearlessness. Courage isn't foolishness. It's, and I agree, I, I think Al hit it right on that very first one. Courage is doing what's right even though you're afraid. That's courage. Doing something even though you're afraid. Um, you know, like, like going and having a tattoo. Or, or, or a, a piercing, right? Somebody, you know, you guys have piercing? That's a new program we're starting. All new visitors to the church get free piercings. <laughs> right? We're going to have a real alternative crowd here. It's going to be great. No, I'm kidding. Having, knowing what's right, having something to do, being afraid and doing it anyway. That's courage, right? It's, it's, that's what courage is. In spite of, rebuilding that temple may have seen, I mean, building buildings back then, you know, you didn't have caterpillar construction implements and you didn't have cranes and earth movers and all this stuff you had by hand you did it all by hand and and, and it took man a hundred years or whatever to build but they started anyway now that's 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 that but let me let me say this this i've been thinking about this all week and i'm thinking this courage is creativity creativity what do i mean by that so in, in my thinking this week, driving around, you know, I, I had like writer's block like crazy this week, but I finally got there. Courage, if we think about what is a hallmark of God and what is a hallmark of the goodness that comes from God? Creativity. Creativity is, is something that comes from God. You know what I mean? Beauty is created Order, we talked about in Genesis 1 in our hard questions discussion group. Order is created out of chaos. Beauty is created out of nothing. Hope is created out of hopelessness. Joy is created out of crying. Creativity. And this can mean arts. Visual arts and performance arts, of course. But I'm thinking more along the line of life creativity and God created God said let us create them in our image and in his image God created them male and female creativity now on the other side of this coin on the other side of this line of reasoning I have here what is what is a hallmark of evil destruction and death right literally Evil seeks to destroy only. There's nothing else, right? You know, like, like you know, there was this movie, maybe some of you know it's called Meet Joe Black. It's from the 90s. <laughs> Go figure. It's from the 90s. Um, Joe Black, it was Brad Pitt who was in the movie, and he was death. And death decided to come visit Earth for a while, and so he killed a guy and took over his body. And death fell in love with the beautiful girl, Right, and, and found, oh, and <laughs> what kind of crack are y'all smoking? Death doesn't know love. Death knows destruction and evil and smoldering, wasting hell. That's the purpose of evil, right? Evil didn't just have a bad father, you know, and so it's got like daddy issues. 
Evil's point is to wreak destruction on good creation. That's the point. Now, courage is creating life out of death. And that's you and me when we're courageous in Jesus Christ. You see what I mean? That, that makes your faith. Our faith just isn't like a, oh, a, a nice, pious little, oh, I hope so. Courage is this gritty creativity out of the ashes of destruction bringing life. That, I think, is courage. You have all been in places where you've seen death at its worst. You have seen pictures on the TV of bombings and hatred and violence and oppression and, and, and starvation and privation and war. And you have all seen and witnessed and perhaps been yourself that person who brings life out of that death. That person who saves the child in the burning house firefighter. That police officer who puts herself in harm's way to save someone else, bringing life. Those people who give of themselves to speak out against oppressive regimes. Those people who take medical supplies to places where the bullets are flying because they know someone needs help, creativity, courage. In the fact of Great physical suffering, perhaps. Loss of life, but courage pushing these people on. Maybe you. And these are the huge ways, but also let's bring it down to small ways. When we bring life out of someone complaining to us about someone else, and we say to them, would you please stop destroying and say something kind or get over it. You can destroy people with your words, right? Or racism in our own heart or any of the other isms we can think about. The negativity we feel, unforgiveness. Jesus said if you don't forgive somebody, God's not going to forgive you. Because when we hold on to unforgiveness, we're destroying and we're not creating, we're not allowing life in our own heart, we're not being courageous. It's easy to hate, church. It's easy to hate. When you're driving down the street in, on Highway 52 and some guy in a jalopy old Ford pickup truck cuts you off, you're like... <laughs> it's easy to be angry and destroy with our words, isn't it? So overall, are we, are we adding to the life of our existence or are we adding to the destruction of our existence? See what I mean? Are we adding to life? I think courage is being creative instead of destructive because destructive is easy. It's easy, but it's also self it's also self-annihilating. Because when I'm angry and bitter and hateful, I will destroy myself. And there will be no creativity, courage left for me. Courage, I think, is creative. Yeah, go ahead, Jan. 
his friend who has ALS. Okay. Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. He's been my friend since we were about 16. And uh, he has this Facebook group page where he shares his experience of ALS with everyone. And he's He's got a lot of courage. I mean, amazing courage in all this. <coughs> Sorry. No, and uh, right. he's actually ministering to us more than we're ministering to him. He, he got up in the middle of the night and wrote this poem about how ALS has made his life better, actually about the things that it woke him up to that's important to him. I mean, his courage is amazing, and his creativity is awesome. So. In the face of destruction, creative life, courage, thanks. How have you been creatively courageous? So those of you with uh, devices can write. Those of you without, share like Jan did. How have you been courageous? And it doesn't have to be, I saved a child from a burning building. It can, right? I mean, it can be. If you did, well, well done. But I mean, like, even small ways. Somebody want to share? The anonymity of this is really nice, isn't it? Well, except for the first one. We know who that is. But, I mean, the, the other ones are uh, anonymous, and we should... You know, thanks, Amanda, for your bravery in that. Ooh, this, this one right here reminds me. I read a quote this week. Who was it? It was from Desmond Tutu while I was researching his story. If you are interested in peace, talk to your enemies, not your friends. That's good stuff. Forgiving is really hard, isn't it? Uh-oh, I'm cutting out just a little bit, Al. Oh, is that it? Okay. Must have been just a second there. Courageous, aren't we? 
in big ways and in little ways. Thanks be to God that we believe in a good God, a present God who has covenanted with us, spoke up for faith. And there's some others there. We'll, we'll just save those, okay? Thanks for that. Now, the second piece of this that I think of courage is courage in community. I can be courageous because of you. You can be courageous because of us. Courage comes in a place of trusting in a community who is there for you through thick and thin. Courage comes from being surrounded by a group of people who has our back. Courage comes from a launch pad of community and trust and hope and movement. You all are not here because you are religious consumers who personally think Jesus is a pretty good idea and you come here and consume a little bit of Jesus stuff and then leave. You are a group of covenanted together people who are this church body. Some of our, some of our body parts may be <laughs> a little cracked in the head. I'm just, just saying. Some of us, no, I'm kidding. You're, you're a great bunch of people. And from this group, we can launch out in courage. We can have the courage to be Jesus' people. We can have Jesus' faith. We can do those things when we, we have somebody around us that encourages us, presses us on. Because of you, we can be better. Right? My, uh, the wedding ceremony I use, um, I, it, it, uh, I think it came out of the Methodist hymnal pieces of it did. Anyway, the last piece, the last paragraph is a blessing that says, may you look at one another and be able to say, because of you, I have become the person I always wanted to be. Because of you, I have lived the life I have always wanted to live. Boy, talk about pressure for your marriage, right? How many of us are doing that? <laughs> Shape up. Because of this church together, we can live the courageous life we have always wanted to live. Because of this church, we can live the, the hopeful, trusting life that we were always meant to live and be the people we're supposed to be. Because of this church, because of you, together, each of us, courage comes from community. Amen? Amen. I mean, look around you. No, I mean, really, look, look at these people sitting to your left and to your right. Do you trust these people? Right? I mean, you, and this is, takes more than looking at the back of somebody's head, which we've been doing a lot of. You know, like, you know, he, he really has got a ducktail that needs cut. <clears throat> kidding. I mean, really, look around you. Do you trust these people that much? And let me push this this farther. Do you trust these people to be with you through thick and thin? Do you trust these people with your very life? You see how important this is. This isn't just some nonsense. I'm up here going, yeah, 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 yeah quick, let's beat the Baptist to Red Lobster. <laughs> this is important stuff. 
This is important stuff. Do you believe that these people have your back? Because that's what love is, right? Haggai, prophet Haggai. God says, Haggai, you tell the people this. You tell the king this. You tell that high priest this. That. Be strong because I'm with you. You be strong because I'm with you. I have covenanted with you. And covenant is a really hard word. It's a strong word. It's, it's like a marriage Right? That's what a covenant is. Covenant just isn't like greeting card, L-U-V. Credit, you know, sorry. Covenant is strong love. God has covenanted to be with us through Jesus as shown by the Holy Spirit. Love is a rugged commitment to be for and with someone in all things. So here again, I want you to look around and look at your spouse. If you've got one, I want you to look at, look at each other as in a church. And I want you to think to yourself, do I agree to be for and with these people ruggedly to the bitter end no matter what? That's a whole different courageous view of church than, you know, like six flags over Jesus. Kind of carnival church, you know what I mean? to be for and with as a rugged commitment because love as a rugged commitment is what we in Rochester, Minnesota and La Crescent, Minnesota need most because everything's throwaway now, isn't it? Relationships are throwaway. Associations are throwaway. People are throwaway. But if we are a people who are ruggedly committed to be courageous, to be for, to be with someone no matter what. It's like, you know, like when you take those wedding vows. Here again, this is really a great uh, illustration. When you take religious vows, you are marriage vows, you are saying to this person, I will be for you and with you and I'm not leaving. Even though you're a big jerk sometimes. All the women are poking them in right now. That's you. <laughs> right? Now, I'm not leaving. Because in this I'm not leaving, we can become better. Now, if you don't have a spousal relationship, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, uh, to exclude you. It's just a really good example. And wouldn't maybe if you're you know, looking for one is remember that. Okay. <laughs> All the, some women will be like, oh, I don't have time to train another one. <laughs> Courage in community. Because of God's with us, the, you, you remember this one's from the New Testament. For he himself has said to me, you know this one? I will never leave you or forsake you. The Lord is my helper. What can anyone do to me? Whoops, I will not be afraid. So there's a really great quote from a lady named Mary Rademacher. She said, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is that little voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow.
So what is God asking us to do here in this time, in this place? What is God asking of us? What, what requires courage from Homestead, United Methodist Church? This time, this place, you, as you sit right here, what does God require of us? And this is, this is for you personally, and those of you who don't have a device, let me know. How can we have your back? Anyone who doesn't have a device, how can we be for you and with you? I might print these off and put these. Amanda, let's let's print these off and save these. Um. Could, could you hit the carrot there at the bottom so we can see what some other folks have said? Thank you. Donut. <laughs> That's what my boy would say. It does all go together, doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. It weaves a beautiful tapestry, doesn't it? A tapestry that is church family. Oh, hit the carrot one more time if there's anybody down low. Is there anybody down lower? Oh, there we go. That's what your church family wants, right? I didn't make these up. I didn't pay anybody to write stuff on the wall here. This is you. Do this for one another, would you? Do this for one another. Because in so doing, we create life in each other. We create life where there's darkness and there's harm and destruction. Do these things. Do those things. When you were little, you put a cape around your neck to be courageous. You wanted to be Wonder Woman. You wanted to be Superman or Captain Star. (laughs) You did those things. And now that you're older, maybe you don't believe so much anymore. But let me tell you what. We can all be that courageous, cape-wearing crusader who brings life where there's only destruction who brings hope where there's only hopelessness and belonging where there's only exclusion and food where there's only hunger, warmth where there's only cold. We can be these people. And I'll tell you, that's a faith I would give my life for. Would you? Would you?